Patriots are now 4-1 in games where Cabrian Hayes finishes the game. I'm still going with that. I am 100% on board. The ignoring all the games in which Key didn't play. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. Right where you found this. Pirates lost to the Marlins 3-1 to yesterday with Sandy Alcantara pitching out of his mind, really, for eight innings. He was outstanding for Miami, and I really don't care. I don't care about the outcomes. I don't care about the results. I mean, it's nice when you get a W, but what matters for the five billionth time when it comes to discussing this franchise at this stage is progress. And I look at this lineup, the top half of it anyway, and say that looks like, that feels like progress. Because in addition to Young Hayes hitting second and hitting with an OPS of 1162, boosted on top of a 348 batting average, he went two for four. Yesterday, by the way, uh, legging out an infield single, which is another great weapon to have in your arsenal, as well as lacing uh, into right field and just part of another good day for the kid. That's becoming kind of a ho-hum thing. But here's the other component to it. Colin Moran came back. He's been out for more than a month due to what must have been one hellacious groin injury and he had an RBI double and more important than that at least from the feel standpoint was that you had the top four in the order intact for the first time since the opener at Wrigley Field and when you throw those names out Back then, on that cold day in Chicago, you were more likely to elicit laughter than to have anybody take you seriously, except for those of us who've been paying attention, actual attention. Because in the interim, what's happened is that these four guys are lining up to be a pretty nice top of the order. Adam Frazier, who had another hit yesterday to extend his hitting streak to 10, is now at 332 in terms of batting average, 865 OPS. Then Hayes, then Brian Reynolds, 287, 880 OPS. Then Colin Moran at 296 with an 819 OPS. And we don't need to get into all the Gregory Polanco and Eric Gonzalez's that follow, but that's a top four. That's a top four. And that is going to get people discussing, debating whether or not the team should maybe hang on to these guys and just graft on other players along the way. And I got to admit, 
I mean, I at least pause. I, I, I do. I at least pause because none of these four players is old. None of them is 30 years old. They're all still in their 20s. They're not even that far apart in age. I mean, Cabrian himself is 23, so you're not talking about somebody who's, you know, a teenager or something where he's got to wait to get help. If you have four guys in a lineup who can hit, who can legit hit, and I'm not, you know, saying that these guys are locked down certainties to hit the way they are because if they did, they'd, they'd end up in Cooperstown. But they're showing that they're at least pretty good hitters. And if you have four of those, then you're arguably more than halfway home toward having a pretty good lineup. And I say more than halfway because I never consider any lineup to be eight deep. I mean, those are just so rare. The truth is, if you can hit down to the seven spot, you can find a way to fill the eight with somebody who might just be a really good glove for you or someone you can bounce around the field a little bit, something like that. Almost nobody goes to eight, but if you've got four, if you've got four, you know, you're, you're pretty well on your way. And then I listen to the players, and I know how much they believe in each other. And I, I know this because I've also heard them speak this way even when they struggled, and they'd get real specific about it, too. It wasn't just teammate supporting teammate. They'd say, listen, this guy just needs to straighten out this or this or this, and he's going to be just fine. Colin Moran talked yesterday after the game about what it was like to have the lineup together. We got some good hitters on the team, so it's fun to um, fun to be in the same lineup with everybody. Um, you know, obviously, you know we got the top of the top of the lineup and bottom of the lineup doing well. So I think uh, it's just kind of passing the baton to each other and trusting each other, and uh, you know, keep moving the line. That's fine. To him, I say, you know, good for you. To them, I say, good for them. And this is what we should have been watching. For these two months, we should have seen the offense look like this to an extent. Uh, Adam Frazier leading the majors in hits, you know, uh, that might have been a little bit far fetched. But here we are, and that's to their credit. And at the same time, I, I can't, I just can't. It, it's just, it, it's. This team is not there, and there's no way that this general manager is there. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by North Shore Tavern, located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's the home of Steak on a Stone, home of the planet's only fully dedicated pirate sports bar. Year-round, no other gimmicks, no dressing themselves up as a Steelers bar or anything like that on certain days. It's pure Pirates. Great place to visit before or after a game, but also a great place to check out whenever the Pirates are on the road and you're looking for a good place to watch with 
other people who will be cheering on the team. Visit North Shore Tavern on Federal Street. The reason that I can't go there isn't because the pirates have decreed that there's some magical date in the future, that this is when the build becomes serious, and this is when we start adding on, and this is when we start boosting payroll and whatever else here. And it's not anything, I don't think, that's even in Ben Charrington's mind. He has said repeatedly that the acceleration of any plan is on the players. Well, to an extent, the players have shown him some good things. They needed, first and foremost, for Mitch Keller to, to get better, but just disposing of that one, that obviously hasn't happened. One good outing, one bad outing doesn't convince anybody of anything. But on the position player side, they needed Brian Reynolds to go back to being the Reynolds of 2019. They also would have benefited if Kevin Newman had done that, and he hasn't. But I could go back and forth as to whether or not anybody was going to take Newman seriously as somebody who you have in the top half of your batting order. So you have these four guys. None of them's old. The age disparity, again, is not that great. Why not? Here's why not. Because for this team to contend, I don't just mean like to get better, to win a few more games in the standings, to have people not breathing down their necks as much or that sort of thing, because that's been part of the mindset that's hurt this franchise for decades now. But in order to contend, meaning to be a threat, not just to make the playoffs, but to do well in them, they need pitching. And they don't need ordinary pitching, and they don't need pitching they can survive, and they don't need pitching that can have a tremendous bullpen like this one just bail them out repeatedly. What they need is elite pitching particularly starting pitching. And that isn't here. That isn't imminent. And even where we think the Pirates have starting pitching, meaning with the low Class A Greensboro Grasshoppers, we don't know. And that's why Charrington needs to keep bringing in multiple arms multiple prospects who could possibly be that contributor to a real contender. I mean, I'll give you an example is Rowanzi Contreras. He's overwhelming people in Altoona right now. That's double A, of course. He arguably should already be in triple A with Indianapolis. I'm sure that'll happen sooner rather than later. So he won't be that far away. You know who else there is? In that situation, in that setting, nobody. And from there, you do have to go down to A-ball. And let's say the Pirates do draft either Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter out of Vanderbilt with the first overall pick in July. They're still going to be two years away. So do you look at that top four and say, wow, do you keep that together because... 
by the time it'll matter, and I mean really matter, not for PR purposes, not so that, you know, Billy from Blonox doesn't call into the radio stations freaking out. The reason that you want to have these top-level prospects arrive in the majors at a certain point in time is so that there can be a like a welcome collision of younger talent at the upper levels, plural. That includes Indianapolis, where they're just battling with each other. Who's going to make it up to Pittsburgh? Who's going to be the one that makes it up there? And then from there, how are they possibly going to unseat somebody from that rotation that's in Pittsburgh? That's when you're contending. That's when you're contending. The top four in the everyday lineup is a nice thing to have. It doesn't win you anything in baseball. So am I still in favor of Adam Frazier being traded, holding my nose, and insisting on a real and meaningful return? The answer to that is yes. If Ben Charrington isn't offered meaningful return, he'd better not go anywhere, is my converse opinion. This can't be like the Josh Bell trade, for example, which, I mean, I get it. There, there could still be some promise to come from that, but it's not exciting. It was indicative, in fairness, of the value that Bell had at the time and that he still has for that matter because he's not doing all that great in Washington. But Frazier's leading all of baseball in hits in a year where nobody's hitting. He's a two-time finalist for Gold Glove at second base. And a great dude, and he's not old, and he's affordable, and everything else. This one needs to be a winner, and a big winner of that. When we come back, just one question. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back, it's time for just one question. Today's comes from Nick, who asks, What's the right approach for the Pirates to take in the upcoming draft? Take a more known and more expensive commodity at first overall, or to save at the top and spend throughout? For anybody who doesn't know as much about baseball as Nick clearly does, I want to explain his question a little bit. There's a cap. In the draft, it's a pool. There's also slotted recommendations and so forth within the rounds. But a team can kind of lay off a little bit 
in the early rounds and reallocate some of that money to later in the draft if they're looking to just pile up quantity. To answer your question specifically, Nick, when you're at 1-1, as the industry calls it, you aren't messing around. Um, Some teams have done that because they have not liked the player who was up there or they've not liked the player's agent, as was the case when the Tampa Bay Rays willfully passed on Pedro Alvarez at first overall and let him drop to second to the Pirates, and the Pirates went after Pedro, of course. Two picks later, the San Francisco Giants got Buster Posey, but that's another discussion for another day. When you're going 1-1, Nick, you've got to go for the best talent. To kind of graft onto some of the points I was making in the opening segment, starting pitching is something that's so expensive in Major League Baseball. When you look at the salaries that are commanded by some of the most ordinary guys, you realize how hard it is to assemble an efficient, never mind excellent, rotation. And for a team like the Pirates, that if they were taken over by Jeff Bezos, they wouldn't be able to afford a rotation. Well, okay, maybe he could do it because he'd be spending out of his own pocket, unlike every other owner in all of professional sports. So not my best example. But the Pirates in this unfair economic system are never going to be able to say, you know what, we're just a starter or two away. Let's put down $40 million for Trevor Bauer to pitch for us this year. It'll never happen. It'll never, ever, ever, ever happen, no matter who the owner is. It's just not how this works. So your best chance is to draft high Bring in elite starting pitching talent and make the most of them. This is why if you go back a few years, and I know you do, Nick, and look at Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone, uh, Tyler Glass now when he was coming up, and you say to yourself, man, if they had just found a way you know, with those three guys, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and then on top of that, you pick up a Charlie Morton in a trade for Nate McLeod, and you say, well, now now we're really on to something here. The Pirates would have had a not a world-beating rotation. They would have had a world-eating rotation. They would have eaten everybody alive. It would have been sickening night after night after night for the opponents to face the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation. Now, would they have been able to hang on to these guys for all eternity the way all the fans would have insisted? Heck no. Because, again, that's the economic system. But would they have had a heck of a shot to win a championship? Oh, you bet. Especially in a playoff format that's rewarding the ace system, the one and done. You needed to have somebody to go against Madison Bumgarner or uh, that version of Jake Arrieta. You needed someone like that. You needed multiple someones like that. That's that's what's missing. And the way to get that is in the draft. 
I'm not saying the Pirates should absolutely positively draft one of the two Vanderbilt pitchers, but I'm still hoping that that's how it turns out. I'm hoping those guys show well enough to merit that pick. Thanks for the question, Nick. Thanks for everybody listening to this episode of Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow.